Welcome to another episode of the Home and Away podcast. I'm Caleb Lorenz, joined as always by my co-host, Jacob Cobby. How are we doing today? Good, brother. How are you? Good. And if you haven't seen already, or if you're not watching this on YouTube, today we are joined by a very special guest, an elite skills trainer in the world of basketball, uh, and one of our best friends, one of the best guys in the world, Gunner Person. Gunner, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Hey, man. Thanks you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. I'm finally on here. Um, you know, your guys' episodes have been enjoyable, intuitive, um, a lot of stuff for all sorts of listeners. And, um, you know, I'm privileged to be on here for you guys to, to have me on here. And let's just just address that if you're watching this on YouTube, look at this camera quality that our guy has compared to us. He's just out here popping. Look at that. Oh, my goodness. He's <laughs> <laughs> making us look bad. I can't believe you came on our podcast just to make us look bad, man. That's kind of crazy. Man, you know, I thought about it um, because <laughs> in, all, in all honesty, I thought you were going to bring out your new camera as well. But, I mean, if you got it. Right if you got it, flaunt it. So I just I figured I'd hook up the camera oh, and kind of go with it. You know? We respect, respect that move. Respect that move always. So uh, let's let's just start by. I know we don't want the whole thing to be just hoops, but let's let's talk a little hoops to start. Talk about um, not even necessarily your background, but just kind of what you're doing now. I know a lot of people listening to the show might be aware of of kind of your background, but talk to us a little bit about how you kind of got in touch with Kabi working at UCM, started working him out and, and what you're doing now. Cause uh, you kind of I mean, for lack of better term, you've blown up lately and, it, and it's really cool to see. So talk us through that a little bit. So <clears throat> it, it, it all started when I was at UCM, which obviously is where, um, is where Cobb played his collegiate career, University of Central Missouri in Warrensburg. And um, that's also where I met you, Caleb, through Cobb. Um, now, Spencer Reeves was the first person at UCM who actually trusted to even give me a chance through working him out. Um, and that was because him and I were both uh, physical education majors at UCM. Um, I was in a situation, it was kind of a blessing in disguise, but I was in a situation where um, I had to take extra classes in order to meet the criteria to graduate with the catalog that I was in. Um, and I happened to be in classes. It's like they flipped my semesters around. And so I was in classes with people who were younger than me. And Spencer was one of those. Um, and I didn't, and whenever I first met him, I didn't even know that he was on the basketball team. If I'm being brutally honest with you. I mean, I thought that he was a grown up version of the kid from the sixth sense. Like I thought that he gen like genuinely looked like that kid. So if you're he able does. to do a little cutscene, Cobb, of like putting <laughs> no, that kid's I'll, face up, I'll throw it up. I'll throw <laughs> like, it up right between all of us. <laughs> um, but anyway, I didn't know that he was on the basketball team at that time. And then once I found out that he was, because Dr. Bias, one of our professors, was always talking about like, "Hey, I heard you scored 18 last night. Hey, heard you scored this and that." And so um, eventually, because we were partnered up for a, a co-teaching that we had to do for an assignment, and um, I told him one day, I was like, "Hey, like." I didn't play college ball. Um, I, I mean, I, I just, I, I've always been a student of the game. Uh, if you would allow me to, I would love to just do a workout outside of PE, homework, all that stuff. Like, just do a workout. If you don't like it, you don't got to do it again. But if you enjoy it, you know, maybe we can, you know, work from there. And very first workout, we worked on a hip swivel. It was in the rec center. Um, 
it was a good workout. And from there, he asked me to do workouts with him. And then one thing led to another. Cobb asked me to work out. And then Paige Redman was the next one who ended up being, you know, most outstanding player in the NCAA tournament the year they won the national championship. And, you know, that's that's kind of the way that the cookie crumbled from there on out. So one thing led to another. And, and that's where that's where I'm at now. I remember uh, when it first happened, like I, I had seen you, I think, in the rec before, like maybe you were wearing like a, a pure sweatshirt or something like one time. And I was like, kind of like, like, oh, I wonder like why that guy has like a pure sweat on. Cause, cause you had interned right before then with, with pure sweat, if I'm not mistaken. Somewhat. I mean, some, it wasn't, it wasn't anything like, like Drew does nowadays where yeah. he offers those free internships, but I had helped with who was my old high school coach and Matt Pugh, who's that's one of the best was, yeah. basketball minds that I've been around. And that's, that's who got me into the whole thing. Yeah. And so, and then Spencer was like, yeah, like this kid like said, you know, he's like, he's into basketball training, like this and that. And like, he's in my class. Like it's weird now to looking back at it because we've gotten so close and become such close friends. But like at the time you were just like this kid in his class, like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like this kid in my class just said he, he would like do a workout with me. Like he, Spencer's like, well, shit, like I'm going to try it. Like see how he is, see if he's good or not. Like, you know, because you never know, because we all know, we've talked about it. There's some fake-ass trainers out there. So, like, so like Spence was, like, you know, a little nervous, but he was, like, you know, what's, what's the worst going to hurt? Like, I'd get in the gym and get some shots up, you know? So he went, and he, and he comes back, and I was, like, how was it? He's, like, it's good. He's, like, you should come to the next one or something. And I think you might have had one more with Spence by himself, and then I just started coming to almost all of them probably. Me and Spence almost every time would come together, and uh, it was awesome, and uh, – it was just like such a spur of the moment, like kind of random thing. I feel like that you guys just happen to be in the same class and meet up like that and, and stuff. And uh, I'm grateful for it for sure that I was able to have somebody to give me a lot of like basketball training and stuff and do everything that you did for me. And I'm sure Spence is too. I mean, sometimes it's not even that. It's just having somebody like a body to go in the gym with you to whether it's just rebounding. Like sometimes, I mean, if we're being honest, there's a lot of trainers nowadays who are professional rebounders. That's about <laughs> all that they bring to the table. But um, with out throwing shade, I mean, it's just a it's the, the good thing about it is, is it's also someone who kind of keeps you accountable at the same time. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? If you have someone that's constantly like, hey, if you if you're trying to get in the gym, we can get in the gym. And it, I mean, it's it's good for you if that's that's your cup of tea. Not a lot of people are down for that, but I'm glad that, um, you know, we connected in the way that we did and it helped my confidence grow too. I was able to kind of branch out and, and, you know, grow and, and, you know, I, I have some, I mean, you're one of, one of my bigger clients, you're a professional hooper. I got a few other professional hoopers, but that's just the way that it goes with experience and relationships. It helps build and you just kind of grow. For sure. I think it's kind of important too, like the validity of even something like wearing a pure sweatshirt, for somebody like Cobb, because at that time when we were coming up, like Pure Sweat wasn't huge yet, right? It wasn't what it is now. But for us in St. Louis, Pure Sweat was huge. Like Pure Sweat was mm -hmm. a, a huge deal because Drew Hanlon being from St. Louis, having Jason Tatum, having Brad Beal, like for us, seeing somebody David outside Lee. of St. Louis wear mm -hmm. a Pure Sweat thing, like is it, it was huge. So I, I, I doubt it was like a huge thing, but like share some validity for Cobb saying like, okay, like if this guy has a pure sweatshirt, he knows a little bit of something what he's talking about. You know, it's crazy that you say that because I don't personally, I'm not a skills coach for pure sweat anymore, but mm -hmm. it all started with me being in Warrensburg and I was doing stuff as a work study program through the yes building, which if you're from Warrensburg, you know about the yes building. 
Um, but the reason why I wasn't doing anything with them anymore was because I was blessed with the opportunity to be a certified skills coach through pure sweat. And although I don't represent and wear their stuff on my chest and consider myself a skills coach for them, they did a lot of stuff for me. They opened a lot of doors for me and I still can text Drew nowadays. I mean, Luke Cooper is one of my really good friends um, that I work side by side with, you know, on a consistent basis. And he's one of the biggest skills coaches in all of Pure Sweat as well. So I'm grateful for them, whether I am a skills coach for them or not, they, they've done a lot for me. So. Yeah, now you've kind of branched off to do your own thing with, you know, gunner person basketball. And uh, how did that like come about? And uh, what was that like kind of just starting your own business and becoming an entrepreneur like that? It was scary. It was scary. I mean, at first it really was because you you truly rely on something with, I mean, Caleb, you you worded it really well by saying the validity behind it. Whenever you have something that has so much um, support, around it based on results because that's what everyone looks for is results right um it helped that i had that experience um in the first place but the reason why i branched off outside of that was because they had started a new licensing program where you basically instead of being hired on or being brought on through a hiring process you would pay to be a certified skills coach to wear that across your chest and then from there you were your own entity with within pure sweat. Um, and so I just, with the 18 months that I was there, the year and a half that I was there, I felt like I got a lot out of it, but I also thought like, Hey, I've, I've learned enough at this point. I've learned the foundation that they've provided me. I think I should be able to kind of go out on my own and continue to grow from there. Plus I haven't burned any bridges. I still have relationships with them. So it's not like it's going to hurt me anyway, you know? So, um, I mean, I, I was honest with you. It was scary at first, the first couple of months, because you have to learn the ins and outs of not only being a business person, but you have to, you have to understand like there are some legal things that you have to do as well that are covering your tail outside of what the, the, the top dogs are doing for you whenever you're an independent contractor. Um, but outside of that, the, the, the hardest part is, is just starting. You know, like so many people are like, they want to do something, but they're so scared to just start. And that's the hardest part. And once you get, once you, once you start, it's easy. It's the same thing as doing a workout. Like a lot of people don't want to go to workouts, but the hardest part is just showing up to the workout. When you show up, that's the hardest part. You just put in the work, you take your shoes off and you're out of the gym, you know? So that's what like today, uh, I was, I was shooting and stuff. And then, um, I was at the gym and Someone was like, you want to lift? And I was going to, I was going to go to like at the school or whatever at the weight room. And I was going to lift there or I was going to lift somewhere else. Like at the, at the local gym. And I was like, if I leave this shit right now and go home, I'm not going to want to go back to the gym. So I need to just mm -hmm. get this lifted right now. The hardest part is just getting there and just opening that door. Um, factuals. That's no, it's doubt. so easy to, it's so easy to step away from it too. Like you have, you got nine different pits, like in a tug of war, you got nine different people that are trying to pull you this one way. That's like, nah, man, you can do it later. And you got that one person over here. That's like, you're, you're not going to come back if you don't go right now. And it's he's so holding, hard to, he's holding too. <laughs> yeah. And then whenever you actually go do it, like there's that, that, that good feeling of accomplishment is such a, is such Interesting a positive. Honestly. Yep. Absolutely. And I think you're not somebody who's going to pat yourself on the back. So I think we can do it a little bit for you right now. Um, talking a little bit about where you're at, what you're doing right now. I mean, you have 
a very high profile client, right? You have a, a former NBA guy, a, a, a hopeful to be back in the NBA guy and Sam Decker. Um, and, and not only are you training him like with a lot of on the floor success, honestly, you also like you've grown this brand to the point where you you've gone into film breakdown stuff to where you're you're posting film breakdowns on YouTube and Instagram and gaining a pretty good following for that uh, because people have really respected the work that you've done and um, have also happened to have some guys who like after you post film breakdowns kind of blow up afterwards so their stuff kind of pops off a little bit and then along with your brand you've you've put out some apparel that people have worn you've seen Tyrese Halliburton wear it I'm pissed um, I forgot on, to put mine on too on, on JJ Reddick's <laughs> podcast like I, you've kind of expanded to where it's not just the training, right? You've expanded your brand into teaching the game, growing the game, growing yourself in other avenues. And, and that's really cool to see you kind of talk to us about that a little bit. It, you know, the whole, the whole, my whole thought process process on it is, is if, as long as I am offering something for someone to be better in some sort of way, then I'm, I'm doing good. I mean, I'm not going to say that that's considered successful because I think success is all inside your mind anyway. I don't think you can base that off of things outside of that realm. Um, but as long as I'm trying to help people be better and make a difference, and I think that I'm doing I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, I mean, Sam, Sam, I mean, Sam's one of my good buddies now. We talk every single day, and I'm grateful for that relationship because he's helped me not only as a person, but he's helped me kind of build my brand as well. Um, just for trusting me based on someone else's word, because he didn't even have to work out with me. He came to KC, needed a trainer during the middle of a pandemic. And, uh, he trusted some short stubby dude to get in the gym with him. And, uh, you know, that's, I'm glad that he trusted me and, and he's having a really good, he's having a really good season in Turkey right now. And I don't think that him returning to the league is out of the question with the way that he's playing and the way that he's shooting at the, the, the caliber that he's shooting it. Um, in regards to the apparel, uh, the, I just try to put something on a shirt that's going to motivate somebody, you know, I, I, you never know who you're going to come across that is in a hole or in a dump and they just see a message that's on somebody's shirt and it just motivates them, whatever it may be. I mean, the two most popular ones that I have, my most recent one is God's Got Me, um, and I've posted that on all my social media, the meaning behind that. Um, and the hustle and heart is the Kobe Bryant-inspired T uh, within his Dear Basketball poem that he wrote. Um, I mean, that's as long as I can, pr I can promote and provide something to motivate people and, and do things that they don't normally get to do, I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. And them shirts, them shirts aren't don't just have a great message. Them things, them things are fire. They're comfy too. Comfy too. All yes, that. Sir. And all the above. I'll say, I'll say, I uh I, I've heard about the new shirt in the works, and I, I'm pretty excited for that one as well. So I can't wait for it. It isn't it is in the works. There's only a handful of people who have um <clears throat> excuse me, who have seen that design and I'm excited for it to come out and um, I'm actually really excited for the message behind it as well. I think that it's super relatable in today's day and age with all the stuff that kind of goes on within our society. So I'm pumped for it. Now, I want to rewind back on something that you mentioned. Um, like right here, I'm on with you two guys, right? And you guys are two of the best like basketball minds I've been around, you know, like best, like, you know, understand the game, understand, you know, skill work, you know, philosophies, uh, 
like game preparation. You guys understand all that stuff, and you guys are some of the best I've been around, but never played basketball at a high level. And I think the thing is, is that people think that just because you played, you can coach, and that's not always the case. Um, and, and so I feel like maybe you've had some struggles with that. Um, if you have, maybe touch on those a little bit. Just like, have people ever, you know, doubted you or looked down on you and just like, been like well how can he teach me whenever he's never played himself like has that ever come up yeah absolutely there's other trainers that have made that statement even just in the Kansas City area um, now whether or not they're directed towards me I have no idea but I have that if the shoe fits wear it kind of mentality so if they're trying mm -hmm. to direct it towards someone and I feel like it's directed towards me it is what it is I know I didn't play at a high level but I'll tell you this Number one, I'm not going to ever teach something to somebody if I can't demonstrate it because you can't be a yep. teacher if you can't demonstrate. You know what I'm saying? I could tell you to do this and that, but if you're not teaching someone, they're not going to learn. Um, not only that, I'm confident in my ability. So if, if another trainer were to step up to me and say, hey, like, this is what we're doing, like, do it on, like, try to do this move with me guarding you or try and do this or that, like, give me a basketball, I was lace up. Well, I mean, we can do that if you want to. I'm confident enough in that, and if I don't, if I don't score, oh well. But I promise you, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do what you're trying to teach. So, I mean, facts, and you're it very, is what you're it is. competent, and you're a competent athlete, and you're like, you're, you're an athletic person. I'm not trying to say you're not an athletic guy, you know. And like, I like you said, like, I mean, you're a good ball player, but you never played at the next level or anything like that. But I, I just, I hate that the fact that is, you know, so many people think that validity comes from playing strictly like for, as far as trainers and stuff but but at the same time you know it's it's it doesn't make much sense because a lot of players have a player's mentality right and with mm -hmm. you you know you're a, you're a teacher you're a teacher and a coach and like that's your mentality so like you have a great teaching mentality and you're a good teacher of the game and you know you can demonstrate the things whenever you need to like you said so i, I don't understand why more people honestly wouldn't would be so opposed to like working out with somebody like that because to, to me, like you're a better teacher than a lot of people are. I appreciate that. I think that, that that, yeah, no, I think that that's one of the most important things that um, players really should look for. And I'm not saying that to like reel some players in. I'm just saying as a player, you should be looking for someone who is um, not only a, able, able to and willing to teach things, um, rather than looking at what a trainer's accolades were as a player. Because an ex-player is going to be really good at teaching things that they are good at, not teaching players to cater to their game in particular, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? So. It definitely does. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's a difference between, like you said, being being a good basketball player and, like, understanding the game. And, like, some of the best basketball players, especially if they're really, really high-level athletes, a lot of times don't know the game that well, right? Because they've succeeded their entire career off of just being athletically superior than everyone else around them. And so when you take guys like that who are like pure athletes and then throw them into a space where they have to teach something, like how can they necessarily teach how to create space or how to work like off angles and stuff if they've never done that? Like if they'd never had to do that, they just jumped over everybody. They're not going to understand like the nuances of footwork and everything like that. So it's really like a lot of times the, the less athletic people, not that Gunner's not athletic. I'm personally not the best athlete in the world, but like, I mean, you sometimes, were, I mean, yeah, like athletes, I was, though. I was fine. But, like, sports. I'm, not just, 
I'm mean, not jumping. I'm not jumping over yeah. anybody though, right? Like I have to. I'm playing significantly you know, below why? the rim when I play. <laughs> I have to play off of angles yeah. and just get space and shoot because I ain't going to the rim because I'm kind of soft. So like, <laughs> that day. Now that now that's a fact. But like, you do play a little soft nowadays. It's like when you when you're not like athletically as gifted you have to understand the nuance more and that allows you to kind of be able to teach it because you've had to learn a lot of different things and like i don't know man like when i stopped playing i literally focused on like how big men be successful and like tried to help you with that and tried to like see the game and how different things work well and and got involved with really good coaching staffs to the point where like i learned how to watch basketball to like break things down i wasn't just watching the ball like you get to the point where you're no longer watching basketball by watching the ball move around. Like if you ask mm-hmm. the random casual fan what they watch during a basketball game, like they're watching the ball 99% of the time. But when you're trying to like break stuff down, you know where the ball is, but you're never really watching the ball. You're watching all the movement to see where that open shot comes from. And that's kind of where you learn to start breaking things down as opposed to just watching it for pure enjoyment of the game. And no gunner knows about them breakdowns. Man, <laughs> those are, hey, listen, that was one thing that I actually really enjoyed. I, outside of <clears throat> basketball and sports in general, I'm kind of a tech geek, which kind of explains why I have the camera that I have for what I'm using for a webcam and, you know, stuff like that. But when you're trapped inside and media guys get busy with, you know, other projects that they're working on, and I just told myself, I mean, whenever you're stuck inside, I mean, you got, you're on lockdown. You can't do anything. Um, you get on YouTube. YouTube has the answers for everything. So um, that was like a 12 or 13 hour learning curve that I had to, you know, go through to learn how to do that stuff. I'm still learning now. I'm not even that great at it. I'm still learning stuff as we go. Um, but once you find what the people like to see and you add value to it, then, you know, it, it'll start to attract, you know, the right people. So, um Facts. I mean, if, if you haven't seen my real thing, if you haven't seen if you haven't seen my breakdowns, my YouTube channel has all of them. So you can check those out. We'll link you. We'll link you too. And the last thing I think I want to talk about, I know we want to get outside of some basketball stuff, but last thing that I want to talk about is like the the amount of genuine like energy that you give to what you do. Right. It's not it's not as much like calculated like i want to work out with this guy so that i can get this clout or like i want to take a picture with this guy so it looks like i work him out like from from just like i don't people should hear it from hearing you talk but like knowing you the way that we know you i mean we're like really close and we understand that the reason that you do things and like with the shirts or the breakdowns like you're really trying to provide genuine value to anyone that's willing to take it in for the most part. Can you kind of touch on the difference between like that and how that separates you from other trainers who really are just like, for lack of better terms, clout chasing? Man, ultimately this kind of goes building off of that question. But I think that, and this also is somewhat, I don't want to say cliche, but I think that the people who have heard this get it and the people who haven't heard this might need to hear it. Um, a lot of the things that I base my stuff off of is the importance of relationships. And I think that with the stuff, everything that I try to include in all of the things that I offer, 
involve some way of relating. And so as an example, um, the Hustle and Heart shirts, I'll use my apparel to start. Hustle and Heart or God's Got Me. Nope, that Just that phrase on that shirt can help you relate to somebody. You know what I'm saying? And like a relationship is so important. Um, whether it's someone understands that it's a Kobe phrase, they understand the importance of Kobe, they understand the importance of having hustle and having heart no matter what you do, just don't quit. You know what I'm saying? It's like you could take those messages and it could go for, like just go on forever. The film breakdowns. Voice. Yeah, the film breakdowns. It, like I try to use the not only the um, call outs from the film breakdowns, but music is such an important thing whenever it comes to not only the basketball culture, but just in general, people hear that music, like on some of the comments of my videos, I get engagement because people are like song question mark. It's like, dude, like even the music, you get a relationship with someone that you don't even know is behind the, the keyboard on the other side because they're curious about the music on there. You know, it could be an important player that they look up to that I'm covering, you know, it could be region based. It's, it's literally the, the, um, the genuineness of the, or the, I don't even know like the correct term for like the, just how genuine a relationship can form based on some things that you don't really take into consideration because with the relationship comes trust. And if someone trusts you, you can instill all the little nuggets and trying to make them better outside of just basketball. That's one of the main, that's one of my favorite things about being a coach is, is I get to try to prepare these young dudes to be respectable young men. And it makes me feel really happy whenever I see these dudes graduating and they're coming up to me. Like first day I saw them on my first season, uh, three years ago. I mean, these dudes were knuckleheads, man, knuckleheads walking in. They, I mean, they were just, they couldn't stay out of trouble. They didn't understand, you know, interrupting as simple as bouncing a basketball. When someone's talking like little bitty things that kind of just progressively gain, you know, into other things that are bigger than that. And it's like, I don't know, man, relationships are just super important. I always try to base a lot of my things off of the relationship. And then I try and flip it and look at it from, I try to look at it from multiple perspectives at the same time. So, um, and I've always told you guys, if I ever seem like I'm doing something for the wrong reasons, please call me out on it because the last thing I want to do is do this stuff and then, and then be looked at the wrong way because I'm not doing it how I should be doing it. Accountability is key. If your friends don't hold you accountable, then then you need new friends. You need new friends. Change the circle. Okay, so I think that's about enough basketball for the night. I know uh, it's important to, to talk about that stuff. But we, we like to talk about other things as well. So we're going to dive into uh, a little rapid fire here. Again, quick questions. Uh, don't necessarily have to be quick answers, but can be quick if you want them to be. Uh, I think I got three. Cobb's got three. Um, we're going to fire away at you. We'll let Cobb go first. Go ahead. I, I will say this, though. Mine do have some basketball in them. I thought um, you knew that. But hey, I, yeah, I, bleed, I bleed it. Okay. <laughs> I bleed it. Let's go. All right. What's what's uh, You kind of already touched on it, but what's the most rewarding part of being a basketball trainer? If you could pick just one, one thing that you get out of it. Uh, seeing <laughs> – I love seeing um, – joy when a player does something that they haven't done right that or whenever they have been working on something tirelessly in practice or repping it and then it happens in a game and then they know it and then from there on out it's just like clockwork it just happens love that love that um so you're a guy who's lived st louis area and kansas city area um 
if you had to be in one of those two areas the rest of your life, which one would you pick and why? I would probably stay in the KC area, but represent all my St. Louis stuff. Yes, sir. Yeah. Who's one person that you haven't worked out yet that you would love to get a workout in with one day? If you could choose one person. That is, that's a really, really good question. That's something that I've actually never, I've never even pondered. Um, I'm you know what? I'm going to go with, um, I'm going to go with CJ McCollum. And I think the reason why I would go with CJ McCollum is because I think that he's already really, really, really good. But I am confident that if I were to work out with him on an everyday basis for a, a certain amount of time, then maybe in a whole off season, I don't think that he's too good to where I would kind of be somewhat intimidated at first. But I'd also, I think that I would like to see what kind of leap I could take working with him at the same time, you know? I like that answer. I, I always say, or I don't always say, I've never said it out loud, but I've always thought in my head that if I could work out like with somebody, uh, it would be Kyrie just because his bag is so deep and I want to see that shit live and in person. See, I was going to say, I was going to say Kyrie and, and I don't want to go too deep into this, but like, I was going to say Kyrie, but like, there's nothing, I, I feel like there's not mean. a whole lot you could teach him because he already does move. it. He yes. knows every move. It's wild. <laughs> he, he wants to be a post player so bad. Uh, he's tough. Caleb, what you, you If you could, if you could pick any place in the world to travel to that you haven't been to yet, where would you choose? Man, I'm not going to lie. Sam being out in Turkey, he's been posting all these videos and stuff like that of him, like on the coast and stuff like that. It looks beautiful. Um, I've been seeing him. Dude, it looks amazing out there. He makes it seem <laughs> like, like you have to go out there. Um, but outside of that, I'm a big, um, I'm a big ocean guy. I would like to go somewhere in the Caribbean. So okay. um, that would be my pick, probably the Caribbean, St. Lucia or something like that. In your opinion, what skill do you think high school players need the most? Uh, shooting, shooting fundamentals, but outside of that, handling pressure. A lot of high school players have a hard time handling pressure if they, they have a hard time not turning the ball over. Outside, I mean, there's three things, honestly. Shooting, handling pressure, decision-making. A lot of players don't know how to make the right decisions based on the situation they're in. So, uh, Last one for me. We're both big golf guys. We're going to dive into that a little bit more here. Mm -hmm. I, it's, it's kind of a two-in-one. Favorite golf course you've ever played and best golfer you've ever played with? Mm. Yeah, I... Listen, there's not many golf courses nowadays that can beat Mules National with all of the fixers, all the fixings they've done to it. I mean, if we're being brutally honest, that is a that's a beautiful nice. that's golf a course. That's Very a beautiful nice. golf course. Um, I'm going to be honest. I'm probably going to have to go with I'm going to have to go with Mules National, and the only reason why is because I haven't really branched out and played a ton of different courses. Um, so I'm going to go with Mules National, and if we record a podcast in the next two years, I might be able to change that answer. Um, best golfer that I've ever played golf with is probably, man, I don't even know that I've played with many really good golfers. I like to stick with people around my skill level, but, um, I probably like to say Spencer's pretty good, but I'm going to say that my, good. my buddy, Jacob McLaren, he played collegiate golf. Um, he's probably one of the best, he's probably the best player that I've golfed with.
So um, and he's a he was a Linenwood cat. You know who you know of yeah. him, Caleb. Yeah. yeah. I remember we hopped on a Zoom with him one day, and I literally was staring at dude for like five straight minutes, just like, where do I know this guy from? And I was like, dude, yes, know? you sat there. You didn't say a word forever. You were like super observant of everything he was saying and every move he was making. It was funny. I was like, did you go to Linwood? And he was like, yeah. I was like, oh shit, that's where I know you. From. <laughs> uh, but I think, uh, I think, I think we need to put it on the books at some point that we need to we need to put some type of like buddies trip around to to go to some type of cool golf course and have have some type of golf trip. That game right before we do that <laughs> yeah same i need to get some golf clubs before i do that dude i'm still oh, hurting r.i.p to that bro that's yeah that's, that's an absolute travesty Still no luck. Okay, if you guys if you guys haven't heard, Gunner Gunner had his, his car stolen. Um, golf clubs were in the back. So if you're listening and you're in the KC area, we're still on the lookout. Um, Black Ford Fusion. What year? Black Wheels 2016. I'm just gonna throw this out there. If you're in the KC area, you're probably not gonna see it. There's a good chance that it's, it's already off the gone. coast somewhere. Like it's gone. It's been today. It's been today while. marks the exact two weeks that it has been gone and it was taken from in front of my, um, yeah. in front of my apartment. So, so like, it's weird. I never, <laughs> I don't think before, before like last, so not the winter that just happened, the one before, I don't know that I knew anyone who had had their car stolen, like in my entire life. And I was 25 at the time. Right. And since that time I've had my car stolen my cousins had his car stolen and you've had your car stolen. And that's like a year and a half time. And before that, I never knew a single person who got their car stolen. Dude, I'm just going to touch on this quickly. Um, number one, there are Facebook pages. One is called Stolen KC. And people who have their their vehicles stolen, they post their stuff on there. And there's literally like 15 to 20 new posts daily of people's vehicles getting stolen. Like people are making a living, a living off of this. Also, um, one of my friends sent me a Snapchat story. Um, you know how like you can subscribe to different Snapchats and stuff like that? Mm -hmm. Vice was one of the um, stories that you could um, subscribe to on there. Mm -hmm. And one of the stories that they had on there was they were literally interviewing people who had their faces like covered up with bandanas and stuff like that. And their voices were masked and they were talking about stealing vehicles to give to people who need them more, like can't afford them, have to get to work, have to get their kids to school. And I'm sitting here thinking like these pe these people work on a daily basis to get what they have. Like there's levels right. to this stuff. You can't just steal someone else's hard earned stuff and just give it to someone else for free. Like it doesn't work like that. Right. So, yeah. Right. Hey, you, you can need have to get car. to work Fuck too. Me. I don't have to get to work. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I literally, I literally didn't get to go to work that day. I did not get paid for that day. So you're I mean, a, you're an elementary school teacher. It's not like you're making big bang. Yeah, gosh, dang, man. <laughs> yeah, it's it's crazy. They, uh, I I guess I guess technically, luckily, found my vehicle about six days later. It was totaled. Um, it was totaled. High speed. Chase, Everything chase, from it. Everything was from in it was was gone. Um, we were told that it had been involved in a police chase that ended with stop strips and a pit maneuver, um, and it smelled like the vehicle was on fire. Um, it was also the middle of winter. The windows were rolled down. Snow was inside the car, and it smelled like the vehicle had been on fire, kind of. 
and the, the police officer was like oh yeah that's what meth smells like i was like oh that's great absolutely good oh news. man that was uh <laughs> i had i had every because we had just, like we were in a one bedroom we didn't have a lot of space so my dumbass had all of my coaching paperwork that i had ever stored in the trunk of my car in like a big tote it was stored in there and why they took that i have no idea but it was all gone i don't have any of it anymore stuff yeah tragic but let's uh, get let's go yeah let's go hop into this uh this draft we got for you guys today so so, um what we're doing now is uh top five people that you would like to have uh play around golf with you and uh, we kind of, I mean, top five sounds kind of weird because you don't really have six people in one group on the golf course much unless you're playing in like a three-man scramble and there's three of, three of you uh, on one team, three on the other, you know, and then you there would be the three cards, you know, so there'd be six people. So it is possible to have five people all out there all playing together so so we don't get roasted. That's, that's, the, that's the thought behind it. Um, we will let... Our guests go first. Guests go first. So we'll let we'll let Gunner go first, um, and then Caleb. What would you rather have, second or third pick? I mean, you, you I'll, can I'll go. Let you you can pick. go second. You can go snaking. Are we snake? Okay. Are we snaking? We're snaking it. Yeah. We're snaking we'll it. Right. Hang on. Like, right. Give me one second. I gotta. I gotta grab me a paper. Gunner. <laughs> eat that first. Or are you? Yeah. Sorry. What was that? <laughs> Kit Kat. Kit Kat. <laughs> That's fire. Hey, I hope we keep, Kit Kats. I hope we keep that in. Kit Kats every time, Gil? Yeah. <laughs> I hope we keep this in. Right. This got to stay in the pond. <laughs> Smack the Kit Kat. Ooh. Yeah, he 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 uh he made a whole Kit Kat commercial. He said the whole crunch on that motherfucker and everything. Yeah, my bad, man. I didn't have dinner. <laughs> yeah, Dude, Talk you got to eat dinner, son. Them Kit Kats gave me rock. <laughs> Stop, bro. But all right, let's get into this draft. Um, Gunner, <laughs> Gunner, you got the uh, number one overall pick. Uh, who, who would you, who would you like to take with the first pick? All right, ma'am. Don't get mad at me. Um, my number. And by the way, we're under the impression that all of our picks are, are dead or alive. They do not have to yep. be alive. They do not have to be living individuals. So, uh, my number one pick is going to be Kobe Bryant. Big Cove, okay. That's a good one. All right, so it's on to me, right? You said I could go second? Yep. So my number one pick is the John Daly. Ooh. I think he would be also, an one, an incredible golfer. So if we're in a scramble, I hope he's on my team, first of all. And two, just awesome to go out there and drink with and golf with. Mm-hmm. Um, That'd be fun. Go ahead. Go ahead and... I, I get two picks, correct? So give me yep. give me Mike. Mm. Mm. And he's a good golfer. Yeah, and he's a good golfer. And then this one this one might throw you guys a bit. Um second second pick for me, give me Brian Baumgartner. Are you guys aware of who that is? No. Kevin from the office. Okay. Uh. He plays golf. In in real life is a pretty decent golfer plays in like celebrity events and stuff. And Kevin is my absolute favorite person on the office. Um, so playing a round of golf with him would be absolutely unbelievable. Kevin, I'm just going to write down Kevin for your pick, but it, you didn't take any of my picks. So that's cool. 
Well, MJ. Um, so my next pick would be Charles Barkley. <laughs> <laughs> Saw that coming. Big Charles, man, that dude's hilarious. I gotta get, I gotta have him out there on the course with me. Keep it light, keep it fun, and and have somebody that maybe is a little closer to my skill level. <laughs> <laughs> He's still better than me, though. No cap. I don't know how Nine I feel you, about. Brother. I don't know how I feel two about it. Uh, back to back. Two picks back to back. Yes, sir. Well, I mean, it's hard not to pick this guy. So, I mean, I'm just going to take him off the board before anyone else does. You know, know I'm taking thinking. Tiger Woods, so yeah. you might as well just bat him <laughs> to the scramble, baby. You might as well give me Tiger. Um, and I feel like I just got a steal getting him in the second round. You I feel like he's a first-round pick. Absolutely. Honestly, the fact I that I took I had... Kevin from the office above Tiger Woods <laughs> <laughs> And nobody else, first of all, nobody else, I said his name, nobody else even knew who he was. I could have picked him last, dead last. Hey, he could have been, yeah. been your fifth pick, bro. That you, did yeah. that, you did kind of the same thing with our MLB draft in a way. I'm excited about playing golf with Kevin. Early. I'm excited about golfing with him. Honestly, he could be a sleeper that just plays exceptionally well. You never know. Right. Um, but then again, this is why I'm taking this kind of um, – in the consideration to have some fun as well. And so my third pick is going to be um, Adam Sandler, the original yeah. Happy Gilmore. I think so. that's big time because your, your group is very intense right now before mm. before you took Adam Sandler. Yeah. I got to have some balance, you know. Adam Sandler is, is a big pickup hooper too. He'd be wearing them baggy ass shorts. <laughs> Bro, he has, the, he has absolute dad fits. He's got that Adam, he's got his own version of drip. Um, with my third pick, I am going to go with another Hooper, I think. I'm going to go with Steph. I'm going to go with Steph. He can play. I was going to take Steph, for real. I was. He can play. He can play. He's he's just, he's someone that I've always been curious to just talk to. Like, an underrated guy that, you know, made it so big now that it's honestly unreal. I've always wanted to have a combo with them. Yeah, I I really... I am a very big Steph Curry fan, and I've gotten roasted for it by my friends a lot of times because they think he's annoying, and I, I love Steph Curry. He seems like a great What is player. annoying about him? I'm sorry. I don't know people your friends, liter- but what is annoying people, about him? People literally Cobb, – Cobb be talking shit on him too. <laughs> like, hey, you know how he be having fun playing basketball? Cobb hates it. Cobb could be the oh, biggest Oh, bro, fool. I told you I lightened up, bro. Cobb acted, I, I Cobb acted a damn fool on the basketball court when he played in college. And he gonna be mad at Steph Curry for being the best shooter on the planet Earth and having fun while he plays. <laughs> Meanwhile, oh, Cobb is yelling now, at man. the other team's coaches mid-game, and it's perfectly fine. I'm, I'm different. Oh, he was different like that Steph too. <laughs> um, with my third pick, I'm gonna pick another person who I don't feel like is gonna get picked by you guys. <laughs> uh, go ahead, give me Dustin Johnson, my favorite golfer best golfer on planet earth right now i I was gonna say i feel like it wouldn't you it wouldn't be you in this draft if you didn't take dj right like i need him in my i just need to play golf with him like he'd probably just make fun of me for my my swing and stuff but i need we probably should have established this before we even did it are we should have said are we drafting the most enjoyable group or are we drafting a team that's gonna win because 
it's whatever you want it to be, right? If you're just out there to have a... Well, the thing is, is there's different flights when you do a scramble. I could have an awful team, but I pull the C flight and I'm winning a couple grand. I might win a skin or two. I have Michael Jordan and Dustin Johnson and Kevin. Like, I got some good golfers and enjoy Kevin. Kevin. (laughs) (laughs) You left that part out, man. (laughs) I mean, like, for me, me, I think my my approach was, like, it's got to be someone who plays golf. So most right. of the people are going to be decent golfers, you know what I mean? But like right. at the same time, I want it to be fun, right? Like I'm not going to be pra- I'm not going to be picking Bryson DeChambeau so he can like fucking measure all the angles and shit of the golf course before we get out there. Like no, he's not going to be on my scramble team. That's no fun. He takes nine hours to play around. Go ahead, pick your other pick. Kevin. I think the fact that we uh, that we're discussing the <laughs> the idea of the picks mid draft is more enjoyable that way instead of <laughs> instead of discussing it beforehand. I just think I agree. Better. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is going to be a shameless plug for my fourth pick. So come at me uh, if you want to. Fourth pick, uh, it's a celebrity. Uh, give me Josh Dumel. He's a Fargo guy. I'm trying to what get. What I feel like I. What does he do? Uh, he was in Safe What's Haven. He? he was in Safe Haven. I see him in something else. I don't know though. who you're talking about. You said you do or don't. Do he's a good-looking guy? Yeah, he is. He is handsome. Um, I need one of two things from Josh Dumel. I need him either on this podcast or on the golf course with me when he comes to Fargo. So shameless plug. <laughs> um, we're gonna we're gonna put him on here. Shout out uh, Lex Bachmeyer, former NDSU Bison volleyball player. It's her uh, cousin. So just trying to get the connections here. Uh, Josh Dumel, please come on the podcast. Thank you. <laughs> Very, shameless. Very shameless plug. Um, I am drawing a blank right now. Who was I about to pick? Oh, I remember who I was going to pick. Um, with my fourth pick, I'm going to go Barack Obama. Ooh, solid. That's a great pick. Great pick. That is a great pick. I was reading his, uh, his, um, little, uh, what is it? What is it whenever they write it? Autobiography, right? Reading his autobiography, uh, dreams from my father i think is what it's called and that made me want to hang out with that man more hey you know he used to get to it in like high school he used to smoke and drink all that i was like that ain't the barack i know <laughs> he's tough hey and he can you might you might end up hearing some stories those are like that's one I of the know. i'm not gonna lie to you one of one of my picks is gonna be someone that i'm trying to pick the brain of so yeah okay so i got my last two picks yep yeah, your last two. all right so for my fourth round pick, I'm going to pick Ray Allen. Ooh, he's nice um, at golf. Ray Allen is a big-time golfer. He has his own foundation um, golf tournament that he does on an annual basis, and he actually has four hole-in-ones. I mean, not a big deal, but I thought that might help my case with, I mean, one of the greatest shooters of all time, second-best shooter, maybe the third-best shooter, shooter of all time, um, is also who? a really good golfer. What? Third behind who? You got Steph probably, and him. Probably Steph and Clay. Clay is probably up there as the second greatest shooter, arguably. Arguably, It's close. It's close. That's why it's I said second or say. third. It's close now you say it. Radio, radio silence, but then it also makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> what about Reggie, though? Reggie's no, right he's, up not as, he's not as good as Ray, and he's not as good as Clay. I think Ray's in my opinion. Clay's got to have that longevity. We'll see how he bounced back from the injury. I hope he bounced back the same Clay, but you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Ray had that yep. longevity with it. 
Um, and my f- my fifth pick, my last pick is Steve Jobs. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. I feel um, like I don't that's... even need to go into detail on that, but having the C the ex CEO of Apple would be awesome as a part of you my. Think scram- he's my like a pretty. Do uh, you think he's like a pretty like conversational dude though, or do you think he's pretty? So here's here's my my insight on that is is I think that whenever you have someone like him and you have someone like Kobe together, I think that Kobe knows how to communicate in a way that it will reel somebody in like him. That is true. They you know what I'm saying? Just, so they probably just be trying to business it up the whole time, damn near. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you could just learn some things. Yep. Um, for my last pick, gosh, I don't know who to go with now for that. That was such a good pick. <laughs> Right. Anybody I've thought of right now sounds like a foolish pick. (laughs) I did get Obama out here, though. All right. So I'll go. uh, See, I wanted to go with somebody as another athlete. My my person with the biggest Um, impact on the world is Michael Jordan. (laughs) Y'all picked Obama and Steve Jobs. (laughs) Michael Michael Jordan. Kevin from the office. (laughs) You know who I want to pick? You know who I want to pick? really bad but i don't want to pick but i want to pick make the damn i, I probably shouldn't i kind of want to pick donald j trump and have uh, him and obama on the same uh, course at the same time just to see what would happen but i'm not gonna do it you're deleted from this podcast <laughs> i'm gonna pick uh i'm gonna go uh tony romo <laughs> I su- instead i don't I'm support go anything that just happened i'm gonna go with tony romo just because i want to keep it light I don't want any arguments, any arguments coming out on there. So I got two, I got two announcers on there. I got Tony and I got Charles. Tony's a Tony's a much better golfer though than Charles is. Uh not awful. You know what? Give me. Go ahead and give me Jim Nance. Go ahead and give me Jim Nance. I want him to uh not only golf with us, but to announce the entire round. And <laughs> that's that's who I'm gonna well Steve okay so that's what I was gonna say is is should we do like a complimentary sixth pick like a honorable mention sure go ahead. because because I was my honorable my honorable mention since you said Jim Nance was gonna be Kevin Harlan because I I feel like he has just this his voice could go with absolutely anything and that's also Sam's father-in-law. I was gonna so say that's like also probably... family ties. Family ties. Let me yeah. go ahead and give the person who I actually should have picked with my fifth pick a, a shout out as well, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Dan Rooney. He's the uh, only person in the world who is an F-16 fighter pilot and a PGA golf professional. Um, wow. Yeah, I read his I read his book. Unbelievable kind of kind of story. Uh, and he's opening a course or reopening a course. They redid it up in Grand Haven, Michigan, called uh, American Dunes. He worked, he partnered with Jack Nicholas to open the course. So uh, it opens in like a week, I think. And I really want to go play it. And um, if anybody's read his book or is interested in reading his book, it's called Fly Into the Wind. Um, it's a really cool thing, kind of inspirational type thing, talking about like his kind of outlook on life. So check it out. Yeah, um, I think if I had to pick one more, I'd probably pick a guy on tour, and I'd probably go with uh, Brooks Kepka. He seems like a pretty cool guy. Pretty he does chill. seem kind of cool. Like kind of right. seems – he seems kind of arrogant in a sense, but also yeah. like 
kind of cool and relatable at the same time. You know, I feel like he'd be crushing There's a certain Nick swagger. Ultras. Sponsored plug for him, just crushing Nick Ultras. I would hope so. I, mean, I would hope everybody um, would. Let's do this just really, really fast, like off the top of your head. It's a foursome, three tour guys, current tour guys that you would want to play with in a foursome. Who would it be? I can go first if anybody, if nobody. Okay, knows. go ahead. I go, ooh, I'd probably go DJ, Gary Woodland, and ooh, maybe Cam Champ. Those might be my three right there. Hmm. I'd probably go Rombo. Bass country guy, because I would want to speak uh, bass to him and see what he said. You don't know how to speak bass. Kaisho, I'd just walk up to him like, Kaisho, sad Medus. He'd be like, Oh, And then you'd be like, oh, <laughs> I'd be like, And then he'd oh, start shit. saying other That's shit. That's about to all you. I you know now. Know. <laughs> That's about all I know now, man. We can go back to English now. My guy. Um, Rombo, uh, probably Brooks still, and. Tiger, is Tiger still like on tour technically? Even though he's uh, technically, technically. Well, you if see, not him, then Phil. If not him, then Phil. You saw he posted. Uh, he posted a picture the other day, uh, and he he's he seems to be doing okay. Like his leg was in a boot and stuff, and he was on crutches. But I mean, he looked to be in good spirits, and I saw he was out watching Charlie play. So that's that's good to see. Yep. Mm-hmm. Gun, who you got? I, uh, I would probably go with Spieth. He's one of my favorite golfers. Mm. Um, I would go with Spieth. I would go with uh, Little um, John Rom action. I'm a big John Rom fan. Um, I don't know what it is about him, but I do. I do like him. And then I, I was gonna say Phil, but I can't go Phil since you. Since you picked him, I don't want to do any double dipping. So um, I'm going to go with the great Bubba Watson. I respect his um, Ooh, I respect his breast cancer grind and his uh, willingness to show that off. So I'd like to be around him. So that's super weird because I was literally about to just go completely off the rails and be like, because Bubba Watson's for some reason a very polarizing person. Before you even mentioned him, I was going to ask if you guys like Bubba Watson because I like him. Mm-hmm. I think he's yeah. very interesting. Um, I, I love the breast cancer stuff that he does. He's come out and been like kind of the first person to speak on mental health in the world of golf and like how he struggled with it. Um, and that's something that's very like near and dear to my heart. And I, I don't know. I think he's like a super quirky, interesting guy, but like he takes a lot of shit for no reason. I feel like mm-hmm. he's got fire. Kicks I, now too. I oh, really wish Christ. him, I wish him a ton of success in upcoming events because I feel like his name hasn't been said quite as much um, in recent times. And so I'm hoping that he kind of goes off here in the near future. Master shot from the pine needle is still the best shot I've ever seen live watching golf in my life. Mm-hmm. I was also watching it, I think. What? Bubba Watson want to come on the pod. He's more than welcome as well. I think, Caleb, if I remember right, weren't we at Aunt Sue and Uncle Jay's in their basement watching that whenever I they hit so. it? I literally remember where I was. That's how iconic of a shot that was. I remember exactly where I was whenever I was watching it. That was that was unreal. That um, shot and John Rahm's uh, skipper par three hole-in-one. Like, yeah. That was pretty cool. Unbelievable. So I went uh, – I got to go see a master's practice round when I was in eighth grade. Um, I went with Jonathan Whipple and his dad. And I, I told Uncle Mike this the other day when we were golfing Cobb that like I wish I, I, I put my like name into the lottery the last couple of years to get tickets 
for practice rounds or, or regular rounds. And um, I, I hope that I'm able to go as an adult more because I didn't appreciate it as an eighth grader, right? You're like a little kid and like, you don't really know what's going on. And I didn't appreciate golf as much then as I do now. And like, to be honest, I don't remember that much of it. Uh, but one thing I do remember is that year that I was there, VJ Singh skipped in um, into the hole across 16 as well. Um, I was like two holes over. So we heard the roar and we were like, what the heck's going on? And we went over there and they were like, VJ just skipped it in across the pond. So uh, that's kind of mm. my biggest memory from from there. And I, I hope that I'm able to go back because it's disappointing that that I was young to the point where I didn't appreciate it and don't remember it very much. Mm hmm. Yeah, but I think if you guys are ready to wrap it up, I think that's all we got. Hey, man, appreciate you guys having me, though. That was hey. uh, that was some solid conversation. Oh, keep that in, too. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we appreciate you coming on. Man. Hey, yeah. You got to tear some stuff up to get yeah. on. Man. Appreciate you coming on. Listen, this I, think, I like how that um, lasted all the way until the end. So that's good. I, I would like to I would like to send a, <laughs> a, a proposition for you literally have not checked with Cobb on this at all um also haven't asked you about this at all so we're gonna put you on the spot here um we know how on the old man and the three jj reddick's podcast they have like correspondence that that come on uh i think i'd like to we'd like to make this more of a regular thing having you on to chat about some stuff maybe as a correspondent or something like that if you'd be interested hey man you know i'm always down i love chatting it up especially with you guys man cool i'm down I, for it Let's i think it. that's i think that's cool i mean it comes on like that way that way people if we don't have guests every once in a while can can hear someone besides just me and Cobb talking about dumb stuff so down for that hopefully they enjoyed what i had to say tonight so i know it'd be pissing off to hear my voice all the time no why'd lie you talk but like Gunner, we appreciate to, you coming on why'd you talk uh, like you're trying remember, to seduce him <laughs> remember to uh <laughs> Remember to like and subscribe, uh, Home and Away Podcast. Um, subscribe to us on YouTube and on Apple Music and Spotify. And also, as well, uh, go check out Gunner's pages at uh, Gunner Person Basketball, right? Or is it just Gunner Person? Um, Gunner Person Basketball on YouTube. Um, and then my handle on all social media is Gper23, G-P-E-R-2-3. And we'll put that up on the screen, too, so you guys can see it. But um, – we have fun. That's a wrap. We'll talk to you guys soon. Peace. Peace. Later.